1: what's good what's going on welcome back to another episode of the hogshaven podcast powered by sb nation you can find us at hogshaven.com at hogshaven on twitter and on facebook i am your host molly Mo, jamal force you can find me on twitter at let Maul tell it do not forget the you on the show today man you know what time it is the game preview episode we are previewing washington's matchup against the houston texans rivers mccown will join us on this episode to preview washington versus houston Uh, rivers is a staff writer for football outsiders and nbc sports edge um and you know rivers knows the houston texans seemingly inside and out so we'll get his perspective on all things texans and essentially truth be told that is our episode for today um so i won't even waste your time and uh, not get into it so i have a few things uh, on the agenda today uh we we cover rivers and i we cover um you know Houston and uh Washington's perspective and i get my prediction as well on the interview or during the interview with rivers so you'll hear everything in terms of that regard um but prior to that um if you have some time today as always make sure you hit that uh, re- review button if you can Um, leave a rating if you can Uh, we definitely appreciate that Uh, and and it'll help everybody know that you know things are going well over here just help the growth out so definitely appreciate that thing right there washington in terms of injury reports we know and we talked about it yesterday that uh chase young was anticipated to be back however um you know and we played into that part for a second and, and we said we had to hear a little bit about the injury report on Thursday, but as we record this on Friday morning, uh, at 1028 a.m., in Rap Report on Twitter reported that quote unquote, despite early optimism, it might be too early for commanders past rusher Chase Young to play this Sunday versus the Texans, source said. His 21-day window closes on November 23rd, and the Falcons game on the 27th sounds like a better target. He's doing well. Just may not be ready yet. And that is from Ian Rappaport understanding that situation. And um at that point, it it does put you down to six games maximum for Chase Young. Um, and six games maximum in a situation where uh you you really um and we talked about it last episode, so we don't have to go into detail, too much detail about it, but you kind of know that this isn't um a season where you can truly evaluate chase young uh from a is he back standpoint um six games it's gonna take you about three to get back in football shape uh and then you got your last three to to really try and make an impact <laughs> for your for your team i mean look at logan thomas right uh logan thomas is a person where i said in last in the last episode as well um it looks like he's getting his stuff back together and i gotta give him his credit because i was one of the main people as far as in my circle and the people that i know who has been discrediting him from a from a speed standpoint and his athletic ability while i do think his athletic ability is still limited um it's it's nice to see that he's getting his speed back and playing faster at the very least so in that regard um same thing with chase young it's going to take some time for him to get his feel his feels back like six games isn't going to be enough for him to do a lot of anything and i think that's the most important thing um there are some people who are you know probably looking at this or listening to this and and or reading Ian Rappaport's tweet and saying I are him. Um, I personally believe that makes sense, but I also understand the angle of the coaches and that they want him on the field. And I'm sure Chase Young wants to play. Um so good luck, you know. If he does end up missing the Falcons game as well, then you have a more serious conversation to have in terms of like, yes, he may not need to play this year. Five games isn't going to do anything for him. And truthfully, six games ain't going to do too much either. But, you know, here we are. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, uh, Chase Young is unlikely to play against the Houston Texans. Uh, He will miss another week. I don't think that this game against Houston is the last thing I will say. And we'll get into Rivers McCown. I don't think this last game against or this next upcoming game against Houston is a trap game. Um, I think it's a letdown spot. And and, and kind of if you want to get into semantics, you can probably say, well, aren't they the same thing? Ma? Stop! Why are you acting so stupid? I mean, you could you could do that. Right. But if you want to get into semantics, that'll be one way to phrase it or one way to, to take that angle. But I think there's a difference. A trap game is uh, essentially indicating that the commanders are a very good team. We don't know if they're a very good team yet. We don't know that they are just playing very good football, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. That is the most important thing right now to understand. They are not a very good team. You cannot be trapped if you are if you are not a very good team. You can have a letdown spot, and Washington can very well be in a situation where they're in a letdown spot. The line right now has Washington is three point favorites. And um what I'm about to tell you and what I spoke with Rivers, right? And after you hear from Rivers, you'll kind of be like, all right, Washington may be the right side. Right. But Washington, three-point favorites. There are how many games did Houston play at home? Washington Houston played Indianapolis at home, Los Angeles Chargers at home, Tennessee Titans at home, and then the Philadelphia Eagles at home, right? Indianapolis, first game of the season. They were seven-point favorites, the Colts were. You don't blame them. Uh, the Colts weren't good. The Colts are not good, but at week one, you did not anticipate them to to fall off a cliff in the way in which they did, Right? So, seven point favorites, fair, solid. You expect that. You don't think Houston is that good. Chargers, that's the next home game. Week four, same thing. Seven point favorites or six point favorites, one of those. You expect that. The Chargers at week four, they're five and four right now, if not six and four or six and three or seven and three, whatever their record is right now, right? But in week four, they were supposed to be six point favorites. Nobody knew what their true identity was just yet in this season tennessee titans this is where you line up with the commanders three and a half point favorites and their divisional opponent so three and a half point favorites or three point favorites on the road sounds about right for the washington commanders obviously we know when they played the philadelphia eagles philadelphia's undefeated uh 13 point favorites they didn't cover the houston texans did um so kudos to (laughs) houston in that game right but ultimately um, Washington Commanders fit right in the same boat right now as it stands with the Tennessee Titans, given the situation, given the context. This is not a trap game. This is opportunity for a letdown. And again, if you want to do the semantics thing, that's one thing. But I think that this is a game where you look at Washington. It's like on paper, there is no reason why you shouldn't win by more than seven points. It shouldn't be no reason. Um, so for for Washington to be in the the spot in which they are. Coming off an emotional win against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that smokes you earlier in the year, twenty-four to eight, um, and put up twenty-four points in one quarter and really dominated your offense, right? From all aspects, they from a scheme standpoint and from an execution standpoint, uh, you you got your lick back <laughs> against the the Philadelphia Eagles at the link, and that's big. You celebrated rightfully so. I have no issue with them celebrating the way to which they did. Plenty of teams celebrate in the regular season, so whoever's counting them out there y'all are stupid (laughs) respectfully but at the end of the day um you know you're on the road against houston in a short week you can't afford a letdown in this spot right um but it's not a trap game the bookies don't think it's a trap game that line is three for a reason and it's not three because they think that um houston uh or or washington is a tremendously better team but in a letdown spot they think that washington is only about six points better if they were at home which is valid but they're not at home so i'm done talking (laughs) Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into our interview with rivers mccown uh there is your score prediction in that interview as well as some conversation about the houston texans who they are and obviously washington uh and the challenges that washington presents for them so with that being said we'll be back post game Y'all take it easy. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. All that good stuff. Peace. Joining us right now is Rivers McCall. Rivers, I definitely appreciate you joining me today. Uh, I guess before we get into everything, man, how's you? How, how are you doing? Um, are you are you surviving? <laughs> are you surviving the 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 Houston situation? Um, given. Uh, you know, this isn't this isn't what you all come to know over the, the, the past few years under uh Deshaun Watson and 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 Brian. Uh I didn't forgot his name since he's been gone. <laughs> Your head coach, <laughs> former, former GM and former head coach, man. It's it's not it's not the same situation anymore. But how are you surviving over there?
0: Bill O'Brien. Um there we go. Bill, <laughs> Bill O'Brien.
1: Bill <laughs> O'Brien.
0: It's football, man. Football's on TV sometimes and you watch it and it's over soon. So you know, just waiting for the season to end. I do
1: not I do not like this, Rivers. Don't I I, you sound you sound defeated. Um and 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 I understand that Houston like Wash I mean you know better. Washington is, is in a situation where nothing has really been good for these guys for a long period of time and maybe it's just the case that we're used to it (laughs) and maybe maybe we have a little bit more of the and 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 i guess i will turn to you this year this 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 question right here i think one of the things when we talked about or when we talked about just getting you on is is that you know this is going to end up turning into a therapy session um and i want to give you the floor right now to, to to let the people know exactly what the goal is for houston this year man i i obviously one in one and seven and one indicates is not a good football team for obvious reasons. But at the same time, what was the goal heading into this year and, and like, where do they stand? Cause um, I know Davis mill was being evaluated um, to what degree in terms of future starter, who knows, or, or backup reserve role, who knows? I don't know, but there was some evaluations going on this year and one, seven and one, it, it makes it kind of muddy things up. So I'll, I'll give you the floor. What is the goal or what was the goal for Houston this year? They don't know. They didn't know to start with. They don't know now. Um,
0: Lovey Smith is a dinosaur head coach oh who Lord. wants to run the ball and make every game be 2017. It's pretty dull. Pretty dull to watch. Um, they thought they might have something in Davis yeah. Um, He's been probably the most inaccurate quarterback in the NFL this year. He's just hard to watch. Um You know, you got some upside in that. Damian Pierce has been killing it. Uh, He might be a good part of the next good Texans team. Uh, Nico Collins taking a little step forward, but the offense is, you know, coordinated. Hamilton and he does not really like like his offense is like, hey, what if we get Jordan Akins the ball in space five times a game? And that's nice if you are. And this is the NFL. So it's 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 been rough, and then when they fired Jack Easterby, let like go of, of him, uh, they kind of irked their best receiver, books. So he's like, "I want to get traded," but then he didn't get traded. So now he's like, "I'm here, but you know, I'm not. I don't really care that much." Um, and their players, uh, Kamagoujé Hill, who was a starting linebacker for a couple of years, uh, actually just straight up quit, quit the team, uh, asked to be released, and joined the Cardinals. So.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on before. Just... I, I need to know about that. I need to know about that. I, I know I cut you off. I apologize, but he just straight up quit the team. How did that information come about? Or was it just like you can tell by how it happened?
0: He just asked for his release. That, that was how it was reported. He asked to be released.
1: Man, um that is very interesting. Not, not just that, the whole the whole storyline behind the Houston Texans. Um, so I, I you mentioned Lovey as a, as a dinosaur of a head coach, and um there are still some that exist. Um, some would argue that one of those head coaches actually <laughs> it's actually a Washington Commanders head coach. Uh, but what is the situation <laughs> in terms of Lovey Smith um moving forward? Was he uh, one of those people like Davis Mills in an evaluation period, or was he like a fill-in for more opportunities down the line for another? head coach like what was that situation because i I know david cully was kind of that in 2021 right kind of like that that one year stop gap and we'll find something else down the line how how did this situation play about with your head coach
0: i think they actually believed that david cully was something um but this was when easterby had voice in the uh, ownership group so kind of what happened is they got in a situation where their two top candidates i think were brian flores who Obviously, started a lawsuit and that kind of made him unemployable. Um, and then Josh McCowan, who Brian started a lawsuit and that made him kind of unemployable. <laughs> so <laughs> they got to that and they're like, "Uh, well, um, Lovey, you're the, you're head, you were head coach once, right?" <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: a couple years That's in Chicago. <laughs>
0: <charge>. Yeah. <laughs> that is,
1: <laughs> and, interesting. and so
0: you know they, they they get there and Lovey's, you know he's an upgrade on David Kelly, and that he can actually talk the talk. Like he knows what he's doing, but you know, all of his scheme figured out for five years. Uh, there's nothing. It's very, what you see is what you get. And he just wants to play the slow plotting, you know, big 10 football most. And it's like watching a big 10 team right now.
1: So here's I'm, I'm sometimes I do get a little confused because um, first and foremost, I'm I am a gambler. Um, I, I so I'm I'm locked in on red zone in, in moments in which it's a commercial break with the commanders game, or commanders just are not on. And and my thing is like the Texans confuse me. Not not in a way that um like in a literal sense, but confuse me in that they are they are around for good portions of a football game, and then all of a sudden it's like a, a floodgate happens and, and like a, a an abundance of turnovers or just an abundance of general mistakes or just a defense. Falling uh through the falling under like through the floor and and, and just just over overwhelms the, the Houston Texans to the point where they cannot recover. Um and, and when I say mistakes, I'm 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 putting it lightly because uh off the top of my head is how Davis Mills found a way to lose several games <laughs> with mistakes from his arm. I, I feel like this team does compete um on on most weeks. Uh am I am I wrong in that assessment, just understanding how, how they've played to this point.
0: So I think the, the overriding philosophy that Levy has, right? You, you run the ball a lot, and you play defense that's very uh, zone-heavy, zone-deep. So underneath passes. Um, and the way this, this kind of works out in theory is that, you know, we'll slow them down. And th- the way it works out in actuality is that it slows everything down. <laughs> so it's hard for a team to really get out to a big big cushion against the Texans unless they just, you know, hit a 75-yard run or, you know, somebody breaks 10 tackles on, a, on an underneath route or something like that. Um, I wouldn't say that the Texans have been a, you know, overmatched team every week, but they 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 can't defend the run and they can't mm-hmm. pass. And those two things usually combine to the end of the third being like, oh, wait, they can't stop the run. We're just going to run the ball. And yeah, like the Titans game, uh Malik Willis had, I think, one 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 pass tips in the entire second half. And it didn't matter. They only had a three-point lead at halftime. It did not matter.
1: They just ran all up the Titans. So as we just focus on the defense for a little bit, you mentioned that they can't stop the run. Um, what's your old, like your your assessment with how these guys are, are going on that side of the ball from from like the the whole the whole package? I understand that Stingley is dealing with an injury i don't know what his current status is maybe you know um but but how has the, the secondary performed um what about how they're creating pressure uh, I, I know that they had some some pretty good some pretty good looks on licks on Jalen hurts um last thursday um in, in the primetime spot uh but obviously you mentioned uh the the biggest thing and the most important thing is the trenches and they are failing to stop the run uh is this a defense that could uh have some opportunity some success opportunity against the Washington Commanders?
0: Um, Stingley popped a hammy in practice on Thursday. Uh, they're saying he's day to day. I don't believe. When you pop a hammy in practice, it's usually pretty bad, right? So I would be surprised if he played in this game. Um, he's played fairly well. Um, I mean, Jerry Hughes, the, the kind of the ageless wonder, has played pretty well. I think he has like eight sacks, and he was the one who got you know a drop off against the Eagles. That's really good. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get traded at the deadline. Like somebody who wanted like you know upgrade their contending pass rush, but is what it is. Um, Yeah, defensively, Jalen Petrie has had an up and down season. He was their second rounder out of Baylor safety. Uh, Kind of the way it works out with Lovey is these guys are playing all these deep zone roles and then they drafted two guys in Stingley and Petrie who are supposed to play <laughs> right in the box and be difference makers and, and, just being shifted all over the place. So it's kind of an off-fit. Um, and then of course the run defense, just they're starting a rookie linebacker now, Christian Harris, uh, who's been down like most rookie linebackers, you know, you know, how this goes. You got, you guys had a uh, John McDavis, so you've seen it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, defensive line just getting pushed around of the boys
1: i mean that's that's rough and 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 i think that the biggest conversation um and we can transition to the offense but i think the biggest conversation understanding what you just noticed is is like on our offense um and, and the main reason why i asked that question like trenches matter offense and defense but trenches matter and and for washington their their struggles has been on the offense side of the football um since week 3 they've been Averaging fourteen points per game on that side of the football, um, the offensive line has has been leaking um, constantly. Uh, the only saving grace for that offensive line to this point has been the fact that Taylor Heineke is much more mobile and has like better instinctive play than Carson Wentz at this point in his career, and, and that's really been helping these guys out on the offensive side of the football. But when you talk about, um. <laughs> the, the houston texans offense i um, mean you kind of understand that that same concept and understand that <clears throat> excuse me davis mills and that offensive line is going up against the washington's front seven uh specifically their defensive line uh what are some of the things uh from an offensive line s- standpoint that concerns you but but what are some things that you kind of see where like okay uh maybe the houston texans can approach the the commanders this way and may have some success.
0: So the Texans' offensive line is like a study of contrast, right? Outside, you've got Tunsil, who's having like a Pro Bowl caliber year. Um, and you've got Titus Howard, who's having a good year, finally moved back to right tackle instead of playing left guard, like some idiots wanted them to do last year. Um, <laughs> then inside, you've just got a total disaster. You've got uh, uh, Kenyon Green starting at left guard, clearly not really ready to play yet, is making a lot of- uh, the center spot, Justin Britt, like, up and left the team after week two. Uh, they're starting Scott Kessenberry now. He's been just brutal for for the last month. Um, and then a right guard, you got A.J. Cannon, is kind of a stopgap. So, like, I'm not saying the Texans are not going to score any points. I'm not saying they're not going to play well. But when you look at, like, John Allen versus the interior of this line, <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what you're going to do with that. I think that's a problem a problem for this team at this point. Um I don't know how y'all's cornerbacks really playing. I don't I don't uh, study that deeply uh NFC East, but uh-huh. Nico Collins is pretty decent lately. <clears throat> if the if the Texans are able to get anything going downfield, it'd probably be that. Otherwise they're just like a tight end uh jumbo team that gets some some, some play action hits off their tight ends like their Jordan Akins I was talking about earlier. So I mean they're not going to threaten you in a ton of ways they're just kind of this is what we do and if you can stop it then
1: you're going to win but rivers i i think and you mentioned nico right and and i think and this is yeah. a question more so about um usage versus like the actual player but i i, I do appreciate what philip dorset can do at the catch point um I, I do think he struggles in his route phase whether it's um like change of direction routes like just just breaking out or 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 trying to like maintain some explosion as he's making those cuts or or things like that. But I think what he does really well, uh, even though he has seven or nine catches, it's not a lot of catches, um, not that many targets. But he does do a really good job on the sideline, uh, adjusting to uh, the deep balls or adjusting to uh, sideline throws. Uh, I just don't understand why. And, and I think this my when I because I I had to watch him. I think my gut is Davis Mills just doesn't trust him. It, that's my gut. Um, but mm-hmm. why is, are they not giving him more opportunities <clears throat> to make plays on the football?
0: I think the way this offense is designed it's hard for wide receivers to actually <laughs> get opportunities. Like, like it's, it's very tight and heavy. That's kind of always been Pep Hamilton's thing. Um, and mm-hmm. then it's very the way that Davis Mills plays is very check down heavy. He's not he's not a, a risk taker at all in any real sense of the word. So. Like, <laughs> you are going to see at least two or three checkdowns to Rex Burkhead, and you're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, that's just kind of how this offense operates. <clears throat> um, I guess for Dorset specifically, like, I, I agree with you. He's, he, he's made some great catches over the last couple of years on the sideline. Um, Chris Moore has done some work, like, kind of improv-wise. Like, mm-hmm. their receivers are not horrible. They're just, you know, not what you want to rely on. And then when you talk about like, why isn't Dorset getting involved? Well, so why is it Brandon Cooks getting involved? Like he's supposed to be actually good. He can't even do that to him. So that's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's an issue. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a little messy, clearly. Um, I, I guess I'll start my prediction, uh, and, and get my prediction in, and then we can get yours as well. Obviously. Um, I, after like thinking about it, I've 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 felt within the last 24 hours. So it's not it's not been a long time, but within the last 24 hours, I had thought to myself that um on paper, nothing is ever nothing is ever easy for Washington, and nothing is ever um uh just a, a breeze for, for Washington and, and Washington has no uh, reason or they they shouldn't be given any leniency to to believe that they are capable of of blowing any opponent out or completely dominating any opponent. Uh Philadelphia they they took they took Philadelphia by surprise and and, and executed to a T. Um and then on paper when you look at Houston, I have no reason to believe on paper that this should be a situation where they're winning by at least one touchdown. Um my prediction is going to be Washington, and I. This is the first time I think in some time where I had picked Washington to win, but Washington wins, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say uh, Washington wins twenty four to ten, um, and, and that's probably going to be it for me. And and I say this, uh, knowing how I do not want to put this on the mic, <laughs> but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, and and, and Rivers, let's get your prediction. Who wins? Uh, this game and why
0: Uh, i have three predictions uh prediction one is that i play fantasy football i have a (laughs) a team that has kyler murray who is hurt and trevor lawrence who is on by and i have picked up taylor heinecke this week that's prediction one um prediction two is that the Texans will play the Browns in two weeks, and that is the only game that any Texans fan will care about for the rest of the season. All these other games don't matter to us in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Uh, prediction three is that the commanders will win. <laughs> I don't know how much they'll win yeah. by. The Texans sometimes get the surprising amount of fight, but I'll just say I don't know, like twenty-eight to twenty, something like that. Just a ho-hum eight-point win over a
1: rolling really into exist right now. Solid, solid, solid. Okay. All right, uh, Rivers, man. I, I, it'll be interesting for sure because it, it's just from, from our perspective is how do you bounce back from an emotional win? Um, it's a team from Philly that dominated you in, in that week three matchup and you came back in, in four hard, but now you got to go on the road on a short week after a divisional opponent and, and you got to wake up you got to be there from the get-go so it'll be interesting to see how things work out um but rivers i appreciate you joining me man it's, it's it's always good talking to you i still remember that first conversation where you put us you put us on the map about d y and how serious he was in leaving houston on the chopper dive podcast i want to give you the floor now just to, to plug anything and everything you got going on uh where they can find you where they can hear from you read your work all that good stuff boss man yeah um
0: I would say to follow me on Twitter and you'll find everything. But we don't know how long it's going to work out too anymore. So look,
1: I'm, look, uh, I, I'm turning the blind out of that. I don't want I don't want to hear anything. Like I, I refuse to believe what's going on right now. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> this is my source <laughs> of entertainment. I need it to stay.
0: <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and I'm I and mean, I'm scared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah. Uh, RiversMcCadden.com. Um, I write for NBCSportsEdge.com, aka Roto World which still has people writing for it these days. Um, I also staff write at Football Outsiders. So those are the three places you will find me.